Black history in these United States is American history. You know, I really hate the notion that blacks need our own month to celebrate our history because it perpetuates the fiction that blacks can't fully participate in the American experience. However, our staff writer, Jessica Garrity, decided to take the opportunity to call on Philip Smith, the founder of the National African American Gun Association, to help us reflect on some black gun history matters and celebrate how far we've come in the interest of equality under the law as it relates to gun rights. Welcome to 2A for Today. Recently, there have been talks followed by lawsuits. <laughs> the claim is that concealed carry restrictions that states such as New York are signing into law disproportionately impact minority communities. Likewise, there's a lawsuit claiming that the CCIA's good moral character clause is rooted in racist tradition and its subjective nature is just another way to deny minorities gun permits. This legislation comes on the heels of a trend we've seen over the past couple of years. Gun ownership among Americans who identify as black is skyrocketing. 44% of retailers saw an increase of African Americans purchasing firearms in 2021. According to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, at least 40% of gun sales in 2020 were made by first-time gun buyers. Among these first-time gun buyers were young people, women, and minorities from all over the spectrum of political views. It's also reported that in 2020, the number of gun purchases by African Americans increased 56% from what it was in 2019. And a 2022 New Jersey Gun Violence Research Center report found that black and Hispanic gun owners are several times more likely to carry a firearm outside the home than white gun owners. The National African American Gun Association has also seen dramatic growth upwards of 58% in 2021, and the group celebrates its eight-year anniversary during Black History Month on February 28th. So we decided to have a chat with its founder, Philip Smith, on topics related to black gun ownership and other present-day gun right issues. While the National African American Gun Association encourages black citizens to practice their God-given right to keep and bear arms in a safe and positive way, the group's open to anyone, not just black folks. Smith makes inclusivity a core aspect of the group so that everyone feels welcomed and that political affiliation doesn't divide the people. They want the same thing everyone else wants. Second Amendment, they want to train, they want to be able to protect their families. And I think that's the secret in our organization. When you come to us, we're not worried about where you're coming from or what you do in your private time or how you're dressed or what you, what, you know, all this other, these, these social and political and racial litmus tests. Right. Smith also discussed the association's recent growth spurt with us. We're, we're right now about, at about 51,000 members uh, nationally. Okay. We have over 130 chapters. We have members in every state of the U.S. and we have chapters in 38 out of the 50 states. So we're not quite there for chapters in every state, but we're, we're getting close. And yeah. our members are very, very varied. I mean, they're coming different colors. They come in different mm -hmm. um, um, sexes, obviously. Um, they come in different political perspectives. We have Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, right. gay, straight, rich, poor, grumpy. Um, just a, as a point of, 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 of note, we have over 2,000 white members and mm -hmm. growing. On the topic of gun control laws disproportionately impacting minorities, Smith concurs. Anytime when you um, have a law which makes it more expensive or more difficult in terms of the bureaucracy that you have to go through to buy a gun, our community will be exponentially affected by that. Anybody can buy a Glock for $400 or a Smith & Wesson or a, 
Danny Defense or um, or any gun that you want, but before you buy that gun, you have to take a course. And the course, by the way, takes cost three hundred dollars. And then once you take the course, oh, you, know, you have to get you know registered or uh, go through some kind of val- verification. That's another hundred dollars. So you now have in in effect double the price of that gun for a poor person in the hood. Um, a lot of my community um, have very strict and tight budgets. Um, they're very good at balancing those budgets, but Sometimes when you add those additional costs to the gun, you're in effect pricing them out of the Second Amendment. And I think you're basically taxing the Second Amendment, a Second Amendment, which I think is should not be allowed. I think any and everybody should be allowed to buy a gun with no barriers, period. Black folks in America overcame a whole lot of infringement of their right to keep and bear arms, not just from the days back in slavery, but black codes and other impediments. However, The right to keep and bear arms is a God-given right, and there are stories in American history that exemplify and affirm that. Harriet Tubman was armed with a pistol on her mission to rescue slaves. The first African-American female mail carrier, Mary Fields, was described by the African-American registry as a black gun-toting female in the American Wild West who was six feet tall, heavy, tough, short-tempered, two-fisted, and powerful. She carried a pair of six-shooters and an eight or 10-gauge shotgun. Even Martin Luther King Jr. recognized the need for self-defense and was denied a concealed carry permit, which he applied for after his house was bombed. Malcolm X and the Black Panthers were trespassed by the Mulford Act, an open carry ban, which was California's first major gun control law signed by Ronald Reagan, who was governor of California at the time. According to history.com, the 1960s have been built to California down the path to having some of the strictest gun laws in America and helped jumpstart a surge of national gun control restrictions, including the Gun Control Act of 1968. It's also worth noting that the NRA supported the Mulford Act. They were the first group coming from the black community that really utilized firearms as part of their dogma. And now let's take a look at present day gun right activists and leaders from the black community. Gun right activist Lucretia Hughes spoke in front of lawmakers back in June about her experience losing her 19 year old son to gun violence perpetrated by a convicted offender who used an illegally obtained gun. With gun rights currently under attack, Hughes is adamant that tighter gun laws are not the answer. Instead, Hughes, a 48-year-old black female, says that guns are essential as a mechanism for protection and self-defense and uses her testimony to bring together women of all ages and races to learn about guns and receive proper training. Hughes says she had a black police officer, Sheriff Jones of Barrow County, Georgia, to thank for insisting that she arm herself when he noticed her door knocking for a congressional candidate in her neighborhood by herself. He said, where's your gun? I said, I have a gun in the house. He said, where's your gun at right now? He said, look around you. I'm the only cop within 10 minutes of getting here to save your life. You'll be dead before I even rescue you. Then there's Colleen Noir, an attorney, gun right advocate, and massive media personality. When he was struggling to pass the bar exam, Kalyan would fire off some rounds and get some gun range stress relief. Kalyan recently did a video where he unpacked the Mulford Act after Joy Bayer claimed on The View that when black people get guns, the laws will change. So Kalyan argued that if Joy truly feels that way, then why isn't she encouraging blacks to exercise their rights as much as possible? (laughs) Thomas Cunningham started the Onyx Gun Club in Ohio. The club emphasizes responsibility and safety training to shatter historical stigmas of black gun ownership. And right before an armed citizen stopped the deadly mall shooting in Indiana, Black Guns Matter founder Maj Toure began calling for training citizens to defend life as the only gun control necessary in America. 
You know, it hasn't always been an easier road for black Americans that want to become educated and trained on all things gun related. The initial conversations I had were very um, tough because, you know, folks, you know, you only deal with what you know. And a lot of folks didn't really know much about, about our community. So I had to educate, constantly educating folks in the manufacturing side, um, ammo, gun, holsters, whatever, about our organization that black folks, let's be transparent, are buying guns in, in a large amount of guns and they're changing um, their mindset slowly, um, but it is changing. We are a part of the Second Amendment. We're not sub, you know, we're not discounted Americans. We're not sub-Americans. We're Americans. We fought for this country when we weren't even considered citizens. So we are, in my mind, the most patriotic, patriotic group within the U.S. by far. So we have nothing to prove and we should not take a step back saying like, well, it's not really for us. No, it's for us. Our ancestors died for this country. That concludes our program for today. If your right to keep and bear arms is important to you, make sure to subscribe to the New American Magazine and get on the top daily headlines mailing list. So you get an email alert anytime we upload a video or stream a live event. And share these videos with your family and friends. You've been watching 2A for Today. My name is Zoe. Thank you for watching 2A for Today. Here's the news, Dad. Is it, son? Is it? What about this one, Dad? Nope. It's hard to tell what's real and what's fake these days. There's just too much baloney out there. At the New American, they cut through the baloney and give me the truth. The truth is hard to find, but the New American has it. Check it out at thenewamerican.com.